Hey, what's up, everybody? It's another episode of the Comeback Podcast with me, Mark Jennison, and this week we've got Samuel Anderson. Samuel, how are you, man? Awesome, man. How about yourself? I'm fantastic, dude. You go by Sam, Samuel. What's what's the? How do you go? What do you go by? Sam, man. Nobody calls me by my Christian name. Nobody calls you by your Christian name. <laughs> Why not? You don't use that anymore. Except my girlfriend and my grandma. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, Sam, what's your story, man? This uh, this this here is like a free flow conversation. You came highly yeah. recommended from my buddy uh, Jeremy Slate. Um, so I like you know, and he, he set us up as you know. So I want to hear. I didn't want to dive too much into you. I want to hear from you. I want to hear your story. I know you're an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur, I believe, right? Yep. Okay. <laughs> so tell me how it all started. Yeah. So I worked in the mental health field for ten years. Prior to that, I went to school at uh, Longwood University. And at the time, I'm 32 now. So at the time when I was in college. Uh, they really weren't teaching entrepreneurship. Like now I've been brought in to speak to college classes and things like that, which is awesome. But uh, when you majored in business in the early 2000s, there was no mention of the word entrepreneurship. So okay. by my junior year, I got hip to that real quick and realized, you know, I was the one paying the 20 grand a year. And I said, you know what, this isn't for me anymore. So at the junior level, I quit college. I uh, got involved in network marketing, which I tell a lot of people, if you're interested in entrepreneurship, but you're not really ready to go full-fledged and you're just interested in the concept, uh, network marketing is a great place to be. Uh, you're probably not going to make the money that they tell you, but <laughs> the education that you'll get on that uh, is phenomenal. You know, I was linked up with a mentor and the books they put in my hand. Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad was the first book that changed my life. And I was one of those guys where I wouldn't read a book unless I was assigned to do it. So that was like the first book I ever read on my own. It completely changed my life. So while I was doing that, I said, you know, I got to I gotta make money somehow, so uh, I'd rather do something where I'm not just simply earning a paycheck. I'm able to give back to somebody else. So jumped in the mental health field. Uh, first job was at the Boys and Girls Club, making a whopping $7.25 an hour. Uh, so there were a lot of Little Caesars pizzas and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in my dad back in those days. Uh, but one thing I'd always, uh, mantra I was, always had for myself was, uh, you know, you may look better than me. You may have more money. You may have more education, but you're not going to outwork me. Um, and I was able to survive in a field that actually requires a master's degree. And I didn't even have a bachelor's simply because I outworked everybody. So things eventually got to the point where um, the state laid down some laws and said, if you don't have a degree, you can't work with this population anymore. So all of a sudden I'm in this position where I've dedicated 10 years of my life to doing something uh, as a skill set. And I don't know what to do now to earn an income. So I found another mental health agency. They brought me on as a project manager. I had absolutely no idea what a project manager was or did, but they told me the salary and I said, you know what, I'll figure a way. Um, so during that process, I was there about a year and a half before I figured out, uh, you know what, this corporate life just isn't for me anymore. If I don't go after it now, what's going to happen? So I launched my first business while I was still working full time, which is Richmond Bubble Soccer. You put on the huge bubble suits and you play full contact soccer, Okay. which at the time we were only one of four bubble soccer companies in the entire United States. Now they're probably like four or 500 bubble right. soccer companies. Um, but we were on the first ones on the East coast. Uh, so we've been in business there a little over two years, about two and a half years. Uh, then I started my second business, which was Cycle. Uh, it's a valet delivery laundry service. So our customers just drop laundry off outside the doorstep. We pick it up, bring it back to them in 48 hours. So I'm still working full time at this moment. And now I own two businesses. So things were kind of getting to the point where I said, you know what? I can't afford to give 45 hours a week to somebody else. So I walked into my boss's office and I said, you know what, man? You can't afford me anymore, which was a freaky moment because at the time I wasn't paying myself from bubble soccer. 
and cycle we actually hadn't started the services so i literally had no idea where my next paycheck was coming from but i remember telling my mentor like i'm freaked out that i'm not more freaked out like i have no idea how i'm gonna feed myself but for some reason i'm more calm than i've ever been i just knew it was the right thing for right. me um so to kind of ease myself in entrepreneurship my mentors coached me and told me well you know what man let's figure out a way to keep an income coming for you so Came up with the concept for Anderson Consulting. I went to my boss and I said, uh, you know, I'm the only project manager here on staff. It's going to cost you guys more money for me to leave now than it than it will be for me. Um, so how about this? I'll form this small LLC. We'll call it Anderson Consulting. And I'll still give you project management-based services. I'll just do it from a freelancer's point of view. So I actually worked out the contract where I was making just about the same amount that I was working for him full-time. Um, but after four weeks, uh, CEO called me in. He's like, man, I didn't tell you we'd do this. And I didn't tell you I'd pay you for that. And I was like, you know what, man, like I'm done. Like, this is why I don't want to work for somebody else anyway. So now I'm here with this third business thinking, you know, what is it that I'm going to do? This is my only source of income. So, uh, I started thinking, what is it that I really enjoy doing? And the main thing was networking. Like I could connect with people. I develop a huge network over the last decade. Um, and I started looking at the struggles I had as a starting entrepreneur, which is mainly marketing you know, dealing with a website, photography, video, all those sorts of things. So um, I found all the guys that didn't want to own their own business but had a skill set in this area. And I said, you know what? I'll bring all the customers to you. I'll deal with contracts. I'll deal with payment. As long as you guys are available for the work, we'll keep rocking and rolling. So uh, that was going great. It was my major source of income for that first year. And through that process, I found another passion, which was videography. So the people I was paying to do videography, I started hanging out with them more and got really interested in it. Uh, picked that skill set up myself. Uh, we launched into social media. I'd been studying social media for a year and a half um, with no ambition to turn that into a business. But uh, stuff kind of just started falling in our lap. So that was another chapter of that business that we released. Um, I came up with the concept of Mr. Preneur that really speaks towards uh, my public speaking. Uh, it's a funny story. I was actually on a uh, bachelor party with a bunch of guys and all my friends knew I'd started up all these businesses. And the whole weekend, one of my buddies, every time I was on my iPhone, he was like, oh, what are you doing, Sam? Are you preneuring? And I was, <laughs> so I had like a two hour drive back home by myself. And like that word just kept sticking in my head, preneuring, preneur. How can I use this? So I was thinking of a way to brand myself. And, you know, there was already Mr. Success and Mr. Motivation and all this other stuff. So I was like, there's no Mr. Preneur. Uh, so I instantly jumped on it, ran with it. If you Google Mr. Preneur now, I'm the only thing that comes up for like the first three pages on, on Google. So, uh, yeah, we've been rocking and rolling. I've left my full-time job more than two years ago, not starving in the process of bought a home and things are looking great. So things are, so things really turned around for you, huh? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. What you, you said something about like, you will not be able to work. Something that I really kind of want to understand is you didn't have the right degree in your previous job yep you were able to work anyways how were you able to overcome that if you if you work hard enough at anything I, I literally had people coming to me that had master's degrees and they were asking me for tips on um you know how to counsel these kids and the population that we were working with um you know while they had their degree they stopped their education i continue to educate myself every week so any any new trends that were happening in the field any new techniques um i was attending workshops, things like that. So I was, I was more educated at the time than they were. Um, so the, the funny thing was, is that I had so much experience that every time the government laid down uh, a new template to say who can work with this population, I had just a little bit more experience so they couldn't kick me out. 
But it eventually got to the point where they're like, all right, I don't care if you've been working in this field for 20 years. If you don't have the degree, you yeah. can't work with this population. So with that, instead of it being a devastating blow, you took it, you said, screw it, and went and did something different. Yeah, and it was probably two months into this uh, that I was like, holy shit, I don't know how I'm going to eat. <laughs> and I remember specifically, so um, actually it was a, a few months after that. I was probably four months into it. Um after I quit my job, I went to my roommate and I'm like, I had a roommate at the time in the apartment. I was like, look, man, um, I, business isn't going as great as I thought it would with me stepping out on my own. Um, I don't know how I'm going to pay rent next month. So I can go on Craigslist right now. I can put up an ad for a roommate. I'll get somebody in here for you next week. I'll live in my car in the next 12 months if I have to. Um, and I worked out the plan, man. I was like, I got a $10 uh, gym membership so I can go shower at the gym every right. day. Um, I was like, I got friends on all sides of town. So no matter where I'm meeting, I can just stash clothes at everybody's house. So no matter what side of town I'm on, I have somewhere to go and at least change clothes. Um, but the funny thing is, is that once you make that leap and commit to doing something, things just get out of your way and fall in place. Um, it was that very afternoon. Oh, it was the next day. So the 15th with rent companies, if you ain't got it, they're taking you to court and kicking you out. So that afternoon, it was about one o'clock. Uh, got this random call on my cell phone. Didn't recognize the number. Uh, luckily, I picked it up. It this gentleman said, "Hey, you may not remember me, uh, but you gave me a consult about five months ago for my business. I wasn't ready to do business with you then, but I'm ready now. Who do I write the check out to?" Uh, and it was more than enough that I needed to cover my bills and get on track. And it was at that exact moment that things just took off for me. Um, and I truly believe that it was, you know, the universe or God or however you want to look at it that was just testing me and seeing if I would stick with it. And once I was fully committed and I made that plan to sleep in my car and do all these other things, the doors just started opening up. Did you ever have to sleep in your car? Luckily not. Um, <laughs> it's funny because back in, back in my younger hardcore drinking days, I was known to pass out in the car in front of the bar and wake up at like <laughs> 6, 7 a.m. So I had no problem falling asleep in my car. That's funny. What, um, so from the time the job quit or the, the job's over, they say you can't work, they say you don't have a degree, get out of here. You go into business, you said it was a little bit rough. What was the transition period? Three months, four months, a year? How long did it take you to start making some money? It was about three, four months. Um, with Bubble Soccer, um, we were really just funneling the money right back into the company, so we hadn't even thought about paying ourselves. Uh, but in actuality, we went and looked at the books and realized we were making some serious income, so we started paying ourselves there. Um, so there were certain areas. I went and Ubered for a while. Um, it was funny because it was the first year that Uber came out in my town. So now, you know, they got commercials and everything. Right. Everybody and their grandma is an Uber driver. Right. So there's not the same type of money involved in it. But uh, when I first started doing it, I could go out on a Saturday night and make 400 bucks. Um, and that still kept me from having to go and work for somebody else. And I was more than happy to do that. I'd, I'd much rather be driving until 4 a.m., than to go give somebody else 45 hours a week of my time. Absolutely. That's awesome. So you would you say that your biggest success was just the willing to do whatever it took? I mean, oh, I hate absolutely. to use that, but I mean, that's, that's yeah. pretty much what it sounds like, right? Yeah, making the, making the leap. Like, it's, it's really hard to describe, even as I say it. Like, until I know with your listeners, some people are probably on the fringes of, you know, if I should make my side hustle a full-time thing and quit my full-time job, like, Traditionally, I had the game plan where I'd work six months, I'd save this much money, and you know, then I'd go off and launch my company. But 
I would go into work and be physically ill. Like I was so sick of working for somebody else. And I think for me, that's the ultimate test of knowing if you're an entrepreneur. When things get to a point where you're physically getting sick of working for somebody else, you know it's time to move on. Right. Um, but yeah, that probably was the biggest success is just realizing, hey man, it's time to take a leap. Any given time, I'm so well networked. If I wanted a job tomorrow, I'd have 15 job offers right. ready to go. If you really um, wanted to. And I'll, I'll tell people, like, uh, I had a friend that was unemployed for a period of time. And I was like, man, you don't have an unemployment problem. You have a networking problem. Like, you don't know enough people in the right positions. If you know enough people in the right positions, you'll never go hungry. Right. So you said something about, I don't know how much you know about me or uh, Jeremy told you, but you said you used to be known to pass out drunk in front of the bar, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you had to give that shit up, right, to to move forward, I would, mean, I would imagine, right? So was there a rough pass? Or was it just a fun time? You were young? What was the deal with that? It was just being young and stupid, man. Um, it was once I – it wasn't like I let all that stuff go. And I'm not saying I don't drink today. Like I still have a good time and I don't get blacked out drunk and do stupid stuff. Um, but it just came a time where I realized, you know, I got to change my network and the people – that leveled me up and that I started interacting with, they weren't doing those things. Um, what was so the like, wake up call for that? I just looked around at, at my friends and where they were. Um, Cause there were other people in other circles. I see that, that went to school the same time I did and they had six figure incomes and they had the house and they had all these other things. And I looked at the people I was hanging out with. They were all still renting. All of them were, going from girl to girl and relationship from relationship. And I'm just like, this, this isn't working anymore. That's not the um, And it was really, really that moment um, when somebody put that book in my hand, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Like that book, just, it was like I've been seeing in black and white my entire life. And all of a sudden I saw in color for the first time, like realizing that there was a system in place just to keep people broke. And that I didn't realize I had the ability to go out and generate an income on my own. Like the first time I got a paycheck, or the first time somebody wrote me a check as a client and it had my company name on it, like I literally sat in my car for like 20 minutes just staring at it. I was like, I don't have to depend on somebody else to feed myself. I can generate an income on my own. Um, and when you're when you're hungry and you're a true hustler, like all you're thinking about is your business and getting to the next level. Like, I mean, I could give two shits about going to a party or my Steelers are playing this Sunday, big game. But I tell you what, if a client called me up and they needed me and it was, you know, a big deal for me and a contract I've been finagling and trying to work on for the longest time, if they called me and said, hey, if you want to make this deal happen, you got to be here at seven o'clock on Sunday. You're there. I'll check the Steelers out. I'll catch a replay on ESPN. <laughs> How many businesses do you have right now? Uh, so currently I'm not involved in the day to day with Cycle, but I still own 50 percent of that business. Uh, Rich and Bubble Soccer, Enzo Media Firm, Mr. Preneur is a separate business. And I recently took on uh, partial ownership of a networking group called Synapse um, uh, here in the Richmond area. Okay. So, you, so what's that, five, six? Yeah. The sixth one's coming this year. We've been doing some workshops uh, primarily for real estate agents. Real estate agents are one of the last professions that completely suck when it comes to marketing themselves. Like if you have any friends that are real estate agents online, the majority of them, yeah, the only time they're posting is when they have a new listing. It. Like there's no value that they're adding to people. Um, so working with real estate agents, doing branding videos, showing them how to accurately use social media. Uh, we've been doing some workshops on that and that's been taken off. So uh, that's probably going to be a separate LLC coming here 
probably by the start of the second quarter. Awesome, man. That sounds great. So you said something about books, right? Are you a big reader? What's your top three books? What do you what do you what do you suggest for my audience? Definitely. Um, the Slight Edge is probably one of my favorite books. I read that um, in rehab, actually. <laughs> oh, awesome, dude! I have that. I have the I have two copies of it in print. Um, I have the audio book like on my iPhone, and then I have the CD set too in my car. So I don't go anywhere without that. Um, but just understanding the small, minute things that you do on a regular basis that make a huge difference. Um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, that book has gotten me out of bills before, man. Like just understanding how to communicate with people in the right way makes a huge difference. Um, I think that's the biggest skill set that most people lack in the marketplace is how to effectively communicate with somebody because the way I talk to one individual about the same subject may be drastically different in how I approach somebody else. Like if I'm talking to a millennial versus a baby boomer, that conversation is going to be completely different even though I'm talking about the same subject. Uh, but those are primarily the top three books that I recommend. So what's on the horizon then? You said you're looking to do another business in 2017. I mean, let's, let's hear, I want to hear, you, you sound like you've done a lot here in a short time, right? Fairly yeah. short time. It's, it's been a lot. And I, it's funny cause I don't really think about this stuff until I sit down and I'm talking to somebody else about it. Um, you know, I remember my first year in business, people were patting me on the back saying, you know, good job, man, this is awesome. You know, you became a success. And honestly, like I've never spent the time to stop and think about what I've really done. Like it's, I'm in hustle mode. Like on the next thing, like I, in my mind, I'm nowhere close to where I want to be. Um, so there's no time to celebrate at this moment. Um, moving forward in 2017, real estate is a big thing for me. Um, definitely looking to get in some some investments there. Uh, it's something that's been on the horizon for a long time. I think I'm finally ready to make that jump. That um, but man, there by the end of my lifetime, I'll probably see myself being involved in a hundred different businesses, owning to some degree. Uh, there are some components of Rich and Bubble Soccer that we're going to expand with that business. Um, there are some facilities that we're looking at um, to help further grow individuals who are looking to be entrepreneurs. Uh, one of the main things for me is that you know the term entrepreneur is so sexy. If I told you 10 years ago I was an entrepreneur, you're just like, man, you're broke. Like Now when you tell somebody you're an entrepreneur, they're like, oh, Mr. Big Time, all right. Um, but so many don't understand what that day to day looks like. Like, man, I'm up every day at four thirty five a.m. Like people think when you own your own business, like you're the boss and you're controlling everything. Nah, like I, I let go of one boss to take on hundreds of new bosses. Right. Like all my bosses are my clients. If they need something, if I want to eat, I got to be there and make it happen. Um, so there's nothing, there are a couple of things rolling around in the noggin, but uh, nothing specifically like I'm launching a, a business, the workshop thing we've been, we've been working on the last four months. I've really been funneling that through my Enzo media firm brand, but, uh, I think that's something we're looking to launch and make a separate brand on its own. That's pretty awesome. We're, we're looking to do some workshops and stuff too for, for my stuff, what I do now. So that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, as long as people are adding value, man, like the main reason we got into workshops is because there's so much BS out there. Like, um, I see, yeah, I'm guessing your audience, you know, is in the other major entrepreneurs, but like Ty Lopez, man, I don't get that guy. Like the stuff I've checked out on him is just a bunch of crap. And I'm sorry if you're a big fan of Ty Lopez, but everything he gives his audience is mainly just concepts. Like when people walk out of our workshops, they put things into play before they even leave the room. Um, like how to actively develop a Facebook advertisement campaign. Um, what your profile and back 
round picture should be on your profile, what type of content you should be putting out, like giving people actual hard evidence and content and letting them know what to do versus, you know, giving them the theory. Because if they walk out of that room and they aren't any better off than they were when they first came in, then I haven't done my job and I just right. robbed you. Right. Um, and I don't ever want somebody to feel like that that's gotten training for me. That's a tough one with, with Ty Lopez because, I mean, you look at everything he's doing, he's doing everything that everybody wants, right? I mean, he's making he's money. He's doing – I mean, from a, from his standpoint, it's great. Now, I don't know enough about him to say whether I like him or I don't like him. When I look at him, I think he's great. I think what he's doing is great. It's probably what he wants to do. So I think that's pretty awesome. Um, On the book side of things, now, I like how the guy, he's, he claims he reads a book a day, um, which is insane. Like, it takes me a minute to get through a book. Uh, but you look at him in comparison to like a Gary V. Like Gary V definitely has more money than Ty Lopez. You will never once see an Instagram photo of Gary V standing beside his Lamborghini or a bunch of hot chicks standing around him. It's it's that idea of people still feeding that out there that this is the ultimate finish line for entrepreneurship. That once you've achieved this, achieved this with the hot girls and the cash on the bed, this is what you've been striving for. And that's that's not the idea. Like. So many, so many entrepreneurs think that the goal is a million bucks. When you're in the top four percent in America, if you're pulling a six-figure income, like if you're making three, four hundred thousand dollars, most small businesses will never do that on a yearly basis. I saw uh, this morning Gary Vee put something out: four hundred thousand is one percent across the board in the United States. Yeah, and so many people think that it's another six hundred thousand they have to make to be successful or make it. Right. Um, which if you're managing your money right, I mean, you could be living pretty well on $90,000. Um, but it's just, uh, I don't mean to beat up on Ty Lopez. This is literally the first time I've said this publicly. Um, <laughs> but just that, that idea, like, I'm against, and that's I do a daily vlog as well because I show people, I take a camera around with me all day long and show people what entrepreneurship really looks like. Um, so it's driving, you know, I probably spend thirty to 40,000 miles on the road each year. Uh, just maintaining my business. Um, and if you're going to bitch and complain about, you know, work until, you know, 10 o'clock at night, entrepreneurship isn't for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, Sam, I know we got uh, caught a little short here. I have to get going, but I want to ask my guys or tell my guys where they can find you because you sound like you have a lot of knowledge. I'm following you. I'm going to add you as a friend right now on Facebook, which I just did. Where can my guys go to follow you? All, you know, everything you have to offer. Yeah, definitely. Snapchat is on fleek right now. Uh, follow me at VIP lifestyle on there. Everything else is Mr. Preneur. So, uh, my website's mrpreneur.org. You can find me on Facebook as Mr. Preneur. Um, Instagram, Mr. Preneur as well. Uh, and I'm, if you can't find me on social media, then your thumbs must be broken. <laughs> I like it. Shoot these guys one, uh, one word of encouragement. The guys that want to quit and give up, what do you got for them? Man, it's all just about doing it. Like, and I know that's such a cliche thing to say, um, but when you're putting in the work and your back's up against the wall and you have no other choice but to succeed, uh, you just find a way to make it work. So too many people are sitting on the sidelines still thinking about making the move when it's really just get started. One of the, one of the best pieces of advice I got from somebody was when I first started making video, they told me if you look, look back a year from now and you're not embarrassed by the first piece of content that you put out, you waited too long to make it. <laughs> and I look at the very first video I put on YouTube and it sucked. So did mine. Um, <laughs> so you're going to be embarrassed years later, but that's what's supposed to happen. You're going to grow. You're going to develop. You're going to learn new things. That's awesome. Listen, Sam, I can't thank you enough for your time, man. I'd like to do this again. We'll catch up in a little bit. Added you on Facebook. I appreciate you, brother. Absolutely, man. Appreciate it. Have a great day. All right. You too. See you.